Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we are all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Come on, high five somebody before you sit down. Give somebody a little elbow of something. Let somebody know you're glad they came. Wow. Wow. Hey, I'm so glad you came to Center Point today. I'm John Hanson. I'm lead pastor here. I'm glad you came. And I just need to make sure that we're doing the right thing at the right time. This is Saturday, but <laughs> we're not bound by time. We get to be free in the spirit to celebrate the resurrection. So I'm going to say to you, he is risen. And you're going to say he is. He is risen. He is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. There it is. All right, good, good. Hey, we're going to spend a little bit of time in the Bible today. So I know it was Easter weekend and you thought you got a hall pass, like didn't have to bring your Bible or whatever, but no. Get it out, get the Bible out, or at least on your phone, open up a Bible app and uh, get around to Matthew 27, 28, something like that. We'll be good. So uh, while you're turning there, uh, this past year, my wife and I celebrated our 20-year 20, uh, anniversary. And so, for, yeah, yeah, thank you. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Some of those years were fought for, fought through, fought in, but we made 20 years. Anyway, 20 years is a big one. And so we decided to do something special. And, um, you know, all of these years living here in this area... You know, in the spring, the balloons come up in the sky in the south over Temecula. And for all these years, you know, we'd ooh and ah at the balloons coming up on the horizon. And when friends came in from out of town, we'd point them out, hey, look at the balloons way out there. But for 20 years, that's all it ever was, just like something that we could just sort of notice uh, here and there. But for our 20th anniversary, we decided, all right, let's do this. And so we hooked it up. We got a hot air balloon thing and, and went down there. And man, it, it was pretty, it was awesome. It was awesome. But the thing that was surprising to me about it is how chill it is, how very calm it is, how very smooth it is. And, and the thing that surprised me more than that was that that calm uh, was only interrupted by, by this every so often, this like massive, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's right, that's the sound. <laughs> that's the sound that took some getting used to and the feeling of like 180 degrees singeing your, your, your skin. But, but other than that, it was amazing. And, and I put up with that loud burner noise uh, all day long if it gives me the chance to experience this, to experience like just rising up in those skies over the hills of Temecula and just being able to, to look at the, at the surroundings and to take it all in. And, and man, it was, a, it was an amazing experience. And it was a gift that my wife and I gave to each other. It was a gift we gave each other in honor of celebrating 20 years of a covenant of love. And that gift is something that I'll cherish, but I wanted to talk to you today about the gift that's available for you because of a covenant of love. And it's far beyond two decades, as amazing as that is. And I'm talking about the gift that's available for you through Jesus Christ, the gift of eternal life. So let me just ask you a question. First, first question, just because I'm curious, um, how many of you have ever been on a hot air balloon ride? Anybody? How? Raise your hand. Okay, so I'm, I'm not the only one who went decades without ever uh, trying to figure that out. Okay, second question. How many of you, by a show of hands, 
have received the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. You could just raise your hand and maybe shout a big old, woo! All right, all right. And then there's others of us that, you know, it's okay. We're just coming to church, trying to figure it out. Maybe a friend invited us and we're not ready to, woo, just quite yet, but, but we're here. And I just want to say, good, I'm glad you came. And, and today, uh, I, I want to invite you to stick around with me for a little bit. I'm starting a, a new series called Thunderstruck. And this is a series about hearing the voice of God. And, and I, I want to challenge you, especially if you're new this, uh, this evening. This is, like, this is your first time coming to church in forever, and here you are. This is going to be a five-week message series about how to enjoy and experience God's guidance in your life. And I believe that an investment in your own spiritual growth would be a great investment to make. And so for the next five weeks, maybe you can make a commitment and say, all right, I could do anything for five weeks. I'll come to Centerpoint Church for five weeks in a row and see what God might do in my life. That's my challenge to you. And if you're willing to accept it, then I just hope I see you back here next week. But this is part one of that series called Thunderstruck. And it's because I believe that your ability to, to hear the voice of God is a function of you having received the gift of God. And the gift I'm talking about is the one that's spelled out in Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23, it says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to just say this scripture that's on the screen out loud, nice and strong. Ready, go. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God. And I know that I'm talking to a lot of people who have received that gift. And if that's the case, then every time we gather, what I'm hoping that you are experiencing is the presence of God charging you up, speaking to you, lifting you, filling you, moving you, shaking you, getting you a little bit more free and a little bit more full. But for others of us, if we are like, man, I don't know where I stand. I don't know if I've received that free gift. You would know if you've received it. And today, I'm hoping you'll consider maybe finally receiving what's being offered to you. And it is the death and resurrection of Jesus that makes it possible. In order for you to be able to receive the gift that's available through Jesus, death had to be defeated, sin had to be paid for, and both have happened. That's what we're celebrating. Somebody say amen. amen. We're celebrating that fact. I'm going to turn to Matthew. And as you turn into Matthew, it's, it's Jesus. And you got to just picture Jesus for a moment. Jesus went around this world in the Middle East demonstrating the kingdom of God. He went left and right. Wherever he went, he was casting out demons. He was telling people how they could be free. He was bringing healing to the sick. He was bringing wisdom from heaven to people to learn how to reorder their lives and line up with what God says. And, and he was bringing the kingdom of God everywhere he went. And he was demonstrating for all of us who just raised our hands a minute ago how to live that kingdom life. And that's what we're really uh, engaged in. And Jesus, as he demonstrated how to live the kingdom life, he gathered people to himself. And before he knew it, man, there's, a, there's practically an army of people that have been raised up to also go out and demonstrate the love and the power of Jesus. But that was a threat to the powers that be uh, in Jerusalem. And so they determined that he deserved the death penalty. And so they executed him. And that's really where, where Easter begins is with an execution. 
And so a death penalty was decreed and an execution was carried out. And, and Jesus' body was, was nailed to the cross and, and thick nails pierced through his palms or his wrists and then thick nails pierced through his feet. And, and the cross would be something that, you know, you've seen a crucifix probably when you walked into some cathedral or something and you picture it as some distant far off thing hanging up by the ceiling way off in the distance somewhere. But if you would have been near Golgotha, you would have been walking by and then the crucified Jesus would be right there, literally like at eye level with you, with his feet just maybe a few inches off the ground. They're not trying to make it any harder for themselves than they wanted it to be. And you would have seen the blood just dripping. You might have even, you might have even seen the sweat just pouring off of his body. You might have even heard the, the heaving in his, in his lungs as he's getting ready for what comes next. And that, that's really part of Easter, you know, it's it's part of the backdrop of what we even get to shout about on Easter. And it says this in Matthew 27, uh, verse 50. It says, when Jesus cried out in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city, and appeared to many people. Do you realize the power of the death of Jesus? The, the power of the, the death of Jesus was, was so powerful that it, it transmitted some kind of a spiritual shockwave into the atmosphere that went right into the temple and tore the, the veil that would separate God's people from coming into the holy place. It, it, was, it was not an accident. And what we just read, it's part of Easter. Because up until this moment, you know what God's people got? God's people got one priest that would, could maybe go in there once a year on their behalf. And everybody else, you better stay back. Unless you've been perfect. Unless you've kept all of the 618 commandments of the Old Testament law. And when that curtain, that veil was torn in two, it was a prophetic move of God to say, that is done. There is a new way to be right with God, and it is finished. It has been accomplished right now. And this is what I want to say to you today. Because Jesus is alive, I can really live. I mean, that's really my message in a nutshell. Jesus is alive, so I can really live. I want you to just say that. Jesus is alive, so I can really live. Jesus is alive, so I can really live. Come on. Jesus is alive, so I can really live. And I can really live because sin was paid for. I mean, what we just read, <laughs> the, the, the crucified King of Kings giving up his spirit, what he was doing in that moment is he was looking forward into my life and the things that I would get myself into and the mess I would begin to make and the trouble I would begin to get myself into and the the guilt of it and the shame of it. And he would look through the time-space continuum right into my life, my past life, my present life, my future life, and he gathered up all of the sin, all of it. I'll take that, all of it. He did it for me, he did it for you. And he paid the price in full. Like everything that you've ever done that you go, man, I hope nobody ever finds out about that, paid for. The bill is settled. There's no balance due. It's been covered on your account. And because Jesus is alive, I can really live. I can really live free. 
That's part of the Easter reality. I got to just keep reading. In Matthew 27, 54, it said that the soldiers, the centurions that were around, they saw what just took place. And it said those with them were guarding Jesus and they saw this earthquake and all that happened. And they were terrified and exclaimed, say the exclamation with me, say it. Surely he is the son of God. The people who were right there when it happened, they were thunderstruck. And that's all that they could even say is, Jesus, he's the son of God. <laughs> like, there's something about Easter that, that leaves people feeling thunderstruck. Everybody say thunderstruck. thunderstruck. It's a word we don't use all that often. It's a word that, uh, that I, I haven't really used much until I decided to create a sermon series called Thunderstruck, actually. But it's a word that I want you to know about. If you look it up in the dictionary, the word thunderstruck, it means uh, to be extremely surprised or shocked or even terrified. That's the word. And I know, we think about Easter and we think, oh, flowers and bunnies and chocolates and Easter eggs. No, 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 thunderstruck. Right? You just read about it. You just read the same Bible verse I did. Those people that saw what happened when Jesus gave up his last breath, they were thunderstruck. Whoa, this is, he is the son of God. And, and you know what? I hope that you and me would never get too used to the reality of the resurrection, that we would forget just how amazing it is that Jesus Christ beat death for me and you. <laughs> and this is, my, this is my God's goodness to me and you, is that he would set us free from whatever tomb we'd be facing, that he'd roll the stones from out in front of whatever we've been dealing with so that we could bust out, that we could come into freedom, that we could follow Jesus into really living. Because Jesus is alive, I can really live. I, I want to keep, keep reading, though. It, it, it says that in verse 20, uh, Matthew 28, I just jump ahead. It said, after the Sabbath... Okay, let me just explain this. What had happened was the followers of Jesus, grieving, mourning, they could not go on the Saturday. It, it would have caused them to become unclean. In a good Jewish community, you don't go near dead bodies if you can help it on the Sabbath. So they had to wait. But as soon as the dawn broke, as soon as they could get outside of the, the Sabbath reality, they they came there, ready to pay their last respects. That was their first Easter, planning to just come with maybe some, some special oils to anoint the, the body, that kind of thing. But this is what unfolds. It says, after the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And there was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. And his clothes were as white as snow and the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and they became like dead men. Talk about thunderstruck. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here he has risen just as he said. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Say that with me. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. He did what he said he would do. He has fulfilled the promise that he has extended to you and me. He completed the mission that God gave him. He did what the Father sent him to do. He conquered death so that you and me can absolutely, really, and truly live. 
Jesus is alive, so I can really live. Say it, Jesus is alive, so I can really live. Say it, Jesus is alive, so I can really live. And my question is, but are you? Are you really living? Are you stepping into the really living that the, that the freedom from the tomb makes possible for you? Is that's, that's the point. It's to live a kingdom life. The power of God is flowing into you, filling you, satisfying you, creating inside of you a fire of purpose and dignity and significance that causes you to go into this world like my Savior Jesus did, helping people to know the word of God, the will of God, the wonder of God, the power of God, the love of God, the grace of God, and the kingdom of God. Are, are you living in this kingdom life? Because it's possible. It's possible. Romans Romans 4.25 says this. It says that Jesus was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. I want you to read that verse of scripture. Every voice, say it nice and strong, ready, go. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. I want you to think about this for a moment. Jesus was handed over to die, and when we hear that, and, and I just drilled on it a little bit ago in the message. We go like this. We go, oh, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. And, and probably we should. He was handed over to die for our sins. But let's not stop there. Don't, don't ever stop there. Come through to the place where you, you observe the power of the resurrection. He was raised to life to do what? To make you right with God. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. I want you to just take a moment right now and put your hand on your heart and say this. He was handed over to die because of my sins. Say it. He was handed over to die because of my sins. But say the next part. And he was raised to life to make me right with God. <laughs> just laugh with me for a second. Because you know where you stand? You stand right with God, not because you did it all right, not because you finally proved yourself, but because you've trusted in the one who conquered death and is seated at the right hand of the Father. You are made right. He, he makes us right with God. If you, were, if you had your paper Bible, I would say, could you underline that? Could you highlight that in neon green? He makes us right with God. He doesn't look for you to try to make yourself right with God. He wasn't looking for you to try to be as perfect and religious as you could try to get. He was looking at you to embrace the perfection of Jesus. That's the gospel, is that you get to experience the forgiveness of your sin and being made right with God. He makes me right with God. I want you to just take a deep breath and say it again. He makes me right with God. Like, take a real deep breath. Like, really, take it in. He makes me right with God. Say it again. I just hope that maybe you could feel the pressure coming off. That the expectation wasn't for your perfection, but for your embracing of his. We believe in the gospel. That in the gospel, we become aware of our sin. And so we say, Jesus... I can't fix myself. Would you forgive me? And because of his death and resurrection, he is fully able to say, done. Done. <laughs> you are forgiven and restored and raised up. And I hope you'll just take it to heart. First Peter 1, 
in the message, it, it puts it like this. It says, 1 Peter 1, 3, it says, what a God we have. And how fortunate we are. What a God we have. And how fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life. And we have everything to live for, including, including a future in heaven. And that future starts now. And God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. And the day is coming when you'll have it all. Life healed and whole. Life healed and whole. That day is coming. And for, for somebody right now, there's tension between where you are right now and what was just described in the Bible. And that's where faith comes in. In the tension between where it is right now and what I want it to be, you stand saying, God, I believe you, though, for that. I believe you for, for your goodness that's in my future, both long-term for all eternity and for that to begin to infuse my here and now experience, turning over stones that are keeping me trapped in something that feels like a tomb. Don't you recognize that what God did in Jesus in causing that stone to be rolled away and causing death to be overturned is a prophetic declaration of what he desires to do for sons and daughters throughout time. He looks at you where you feel trapped and where you feel like there's an enshroudment of death on you. And he says, my daughter, come on. My son, come on. And he's looking to see whether you and me might just have something inside of us that would say, I believe and as we do, he starts rolling stones away. And what I read was that this angel of the Lord shows up, and he's so dazzling that all that can be said is he looked like lightning. Some of you are wondering, like, what was that song we sang at the beginning of this thing? I see lightning. I see thunder. What does that have to do with Easter? Hello? Hey, ground shaking sounds like thunder to me. Lightning showing up in the form of an angel? Come on. This is my God. He desires for me to, to live a, a life that's full. You know, so we, we're planning to do some traveling this summer, and we realized that, uh, that our kids' passports has expired. And, and you know what? That's the biggest hassle there is. And, and I can't even tell you how much work has gone into, you know, finding all of the right documents and figuring out. And we tried to get an appointment. We got some plane tickets on, like, June 7th. And they said, oh, yeah, you can get an appointment to just drop off your application on June 17th. Like, I'm sorry, that doesn't help me very much. I need it now. <laughs> and, 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 and somehow found this one place over in Santa Ana that was like, well, you can get one appointment on Friday. It happened to be this past week. And do you know what? We finally had this appointment when we walked in there because you have to go there with your kids when they're minors. You can't do it for yourself. They can't do it themselves. But we show up there and we have all of this stack of documents and we've been holding our breath. Like, are we going to be able to get the passports? Like, what's going to happen? Or is this whole thing going to be a bust? We don't know. But we get to the desk, and, and, and I'll tell you what, there was such a moment of relief when we finally handed over the thing, and the lady said, would you raise your right hand? And you have to do that, by the way. Did you know that? You have to solemnly swear. <laughs> like when you're a parent getting a passport for your kid, do you, do you solemnly swear that everything here is true? And we just said, yes. <laughs> but we walked out of there just feeling like, just like decades of freedom, because we had been waiting and wondering, like, what's going to happen? But now, because that has been solved, we get to do some amazing things. 
There's no question anymore about whether we're going to be able to move forward and do the traveling and do the trips. We've got the documentation. I want to remind somebody today, by virtue of your faith in Jesus Christ, it's like you've got your passport for all eternity, and you can go wherever God's calling you to go, and you're going to go in all of the power that he has for you into whatever adventure lies ahead. And for somebody else, you're here today, you're just trying to put the pieces together and Maybe you feel a bit like my wife and I felt like on Friday morning. We're like, oh, my gosh, we got to get there on time. We got to make sure to get there on time. And do we have all the documents? Oh, no. Truth be told, I wasn't even supposed to go. Anne was actually taking care of all of this. But on Friday morning, she you know, said, wait, you have to come with me. She, you have to have both parents showing up for the kid passport. So, but maybe you're here today, and, and this is all kind of new for you, and you're wondering, am I going to make it? I want you to know that there's a way that you can be beyond the shadow of a doubt, secure in the adventure of a life of faith with God. And that comes through faith in Jesus. Pure and simple. I mean, every single one of us who, who are part of Centerpoint Church, who are believers in Jesus, it's not because we've figured out how to do everything right. It's not because we've figured out how to, how, how to not have any more problems or how to never struggle with things. It's not. It, it's because we've, we've latched onto Jesus We've just decided whatever else is coming my way, I'm holding on to Jesus. And he's going to hold on to me. And he's going to pull me through. He's going to carry me through. He's going to give me strength to make it no matter what's coming. And this is what we get to do. We get to live that way. And there's nothing better. And if there's a little bit of extra effort that's gone into making this weekend something special, it's because if you're here as a guest, I want you, we all want you to be able to have the same blessing that we have. Of just being able to know whatever else is going on. I got Jesus holding on to me, pulling me through, carrying me, lifting me up, and infusing my life with his resurrection power. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing better than living this way. Living your life, like we just read, healed and whole. Jesus put it like this. I've come to give them life, life to the full. And, and probably there are some of us that if we, would, if, we, if we would look at our lives, we would have to say, you know, he's been so good to me. Others of us, we might look at our lives and say, you know, I've had a whole lot of struggles and pain. Some of them are because I was foolish. But even then, he was with me, even in the middle of it. And I'm still alive. And for some of us, even that would be like a, a miraculous thing to be able to say. This is, this is what I, I'm hoping for, is that somebody would wake up right now in this moment. I, I want to I ask you this question. Jesus says about himself, I am the resurrection and I'm the life. Do you believe? I mean, this is a question that he spoke in the context of the death of Lazarus. And he asked Martha that question. And it was a simple interchange, but a deep question. He he said in, in John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, anyone, somebody better underline that in your Bible. Anyone. Anyone, anyone. Anyone who believes in me, Jesus said, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying, anyone. I'm so grateful for that anyone. Because man, it includes me. 
But man, it includes you, and who knows who else is in that anyone. But I'm so grateful that he, he put a big circle. Anyone who, but he said this, but who believes in me. It wasn't, it wasn't on automatic delivery. It, it's something that there needs to be a reception for. And he said, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? And he asked a very particular woman that very specific question. Do you believe this, Martha? And I wish that maybe somebody you could hear today like this. Do you believe this, David? Like, it's that personal. Do you believe this, Julie? What about you, Nick? Do you believe this? What about you, Rachel? Do you believe this? How about you, Juliana? Do you believe this? It's that specific. And could you hear it that way? Like, place your name in there. And I hope that maybe you would wake up today and say, yes, I do. Or, yes, I'm, I'm still there and I'm going to stay there by your grace. You know, so, so I shared about the hot air balloons, right? And I talked about how, you know, for a couple of decades, I've just been looking down to the southern skies and seeing these things waft up into the air and being a little bit mesmerized by it. And, wow, wow, look at that. And then go on about my, my, my day, right? For, for, for decades, and by the show of hands, a whole lot of you, same thing. But then something changed. One day, I, I actually went there to where those balloons were launching. And I actually learned. I paid attention. I, I got my questions answered. I saw that it takes six people to get that balloon all ready. It takes these gigantic fans. It takes a ground crew running with a truck while we're doing that. It, it, I learned that it, it takes this temperature differential at a certain time of the day. I, I, I learned also, we started flying, and I learned how, how, how awkward it is. You're stuck in this little basket. I mean, it looks pretty on the pictures, but you're stuck in this little tiny basket way too close to all these total strangers that you're stuck there with in the sky. And, and I, I, I learned that, that the pilot, he didn't even actually really know what exactly is going to happen. I asked him, hey, where are we going to land? He said, well, maybe there, but also probably there, but it, we could land over there. I'm going, what in the world? But he's like, hey, it just kind of depends on what happens with the wind. And he's kind of chuckling and laughing. I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I learned some things that day. Like, I, and then, and, and then I I have a familiarity with it now. I know what it means to, to be in a hot air balloon. I, I, I remember the feeling of, of the softness and the smoothness of the lift. And I remember the delight of being able to just look down and see, you know, all these, you know, winery ranches and beautiful homes and, 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 and taking it all in. And it would never have happened if I hadn't moved past the, oh, yeah, balloons. Huh, Interesting. And here's what I'm thinking. I'm wondering if maybe for some of us, Jesus or even just church, right, has been for you a little bit like my view of the balloons for several decades, where it's like, huh, yeah, church, uh, oh, some people talking about something about, I don't know, Jesus and God, oh, huh, interesting, next and I just wonder if maybe it's been like that for you. And kind of like me with the balloons, it wasn't a fault of mine. It just, it didn't, it never lined up. But, but today you're here. And today you're discovering something. You're discovering this message that we call the gospel, which is God making clear to you that there's a way for you to be saved. That is, for, for your guilt and shame to be washed away and for your wondering about how am I going to make it in this life and what about the next life? Like for those things to be settled 
through the gift that Jesus makes possible. And I wonder if maybe today is time for you to allow your life story to be transformed and maybe even for your identity to be changed. So that hot air balloon thing, it was a little... It was a little funny, not going to lie, but we got, we got done with the, with the hot air balloon ride, and we came back uh, to the place where we took off, and they did a ceremony. They did a little ceremony. They literally got us all together, and some guy made a speech, and he said, you're all going to get a certificate today. And then they gave us all a certificate. Here's my certificate. It says, honorary aeronaut. Yeah, and that, it, it's, it, my identity has now changed. It says, uh, let it be known from this day forth, the third day of October, that you, John Hansen, you have shown extreme courage, flying free of the earth and dancing on the winds by ascending in a hot air balloon. Ha <laughs> ha, wow, <laughs> you can take it down. It's all not all that impressive. But, but they're trying to tell me, because of, because of you coming here, you, you're changed now. And actually, I am. I, I now know what that experience is like. And, and, and I, I'm in a different a different kind of group of people now. I'm in the group of people that would raise their hand if somebody asked like I did to you. Have you ever gone on a hot air balloon ride? But I want to just suggest to somebody today that you know, this silly document here that says you are now an honorary aeronaut, it's, it's just silliness. But there really is an opportunity for you to be totally changed, your identity. And for you to go from someone who you might think of yourself as guilty, sinner, or worthless, or doubt-filled, or skeptical, or whatever that identity might be, that just, it isn't really taking you into goodness and destiny and glory, but for that identity to be set aside and for you to take on a new identity today, the identity of somebody who knows, I'm forgiven, I have been made right with God. I'm not trying to figure out how I'm going to make myself right with God. I now know and embrace that I have been made right with God. And that comes through your faith in Jesus. Romans 6, 23. It says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. The gift of God. Yes, there's an eternal spiritual principle that apart from Jesus, all you're left with would be your sin and your own attempts to pay for it. And by the way, it says, and the full price for that is death. And, and by the way that this one verse is expressed, it's clear that God's not wanting for you to be stuck with that bill. It says, but the, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. As in, God's desire is that you would get that gift and that you wouldn't be stuck with the bill that he already paid on your behalf. And so for many of us, as, as a group of many of us being Christians and believers, today is a day to one more time just celebrate, God, you've been so good to me, forgiving my sin and filling my life with your power and your goodness and your love and your glory and, and setting before me hope for this life and for all eternity. And some of us, we just better say, thank you, God. I mean, right now, don't wait for the prayer to start. Just begin to say, thank you, God. It's too good to be quiet about sometimes. Thank you, God. Like, through it all, you've, you've held me together. You're holding me together. And you're not dropping me. God, thank you. Right? And then for somebody else, this is, this is your chance. Yeah. This is your chance to receive that gift. 
the gift of the salvation of your soul through faith in Jesus. And so I'd like us to take a, a few minutes to just pray together. So we'll just take a few minutes right now and talk to God together, be in the presence of God together. And I'm looking for something uh, transcendent to happen in this time, for somebody uh, to sense something beyond the ordinary. I really am praying for that. Let's just take a moment and, and pray. God, thank you for your goodness and your love and your mercy. Thank you, God, for uh, your willingness to touch our lives. And I do pray, God, that you would do some spiritual shaking in this time. While we're praying together, I, I sense that for somebody, um, this, this line from an old Pink Floyd song comes to my mind. And it's, after all, just another brick in the wall. I have not listened to Pink Floyd in decades. And so th that, I feel like God just brought that to my mind because for somebody, either that particular song or that particular phrase and the feeling of futility <laughs> is what you've been living in. All in all, after all, we're just another brick in the wall, that mentality. And I feel, I feel in the spirit like what God is, is showing me is that wall <laughs> pictured by that old song just being like a, a wrecking ball just smashing through it. And then the, the light begins pouring in and you realize you don't have to stay in that pit, like that you get to go free. Like this is the spirit of God. And for somebody, you're going, how in the world? That's like my favorite song or that's the thing I was listening to this week. The reason that that just happened is just God wants you to know in a very personal way that he's got your number and he's, he's paying attention to you and he's speaking your language. There's some guy up here just talking in some kind of a, a meaningful way that connects with you. And if that's you, you just need to hold on to that. And, and the picture that I just shared with you of you, the light pouring in and you recognizing you don't have to stay stuck in that pit anymore. Holy Spirit, I'm just asking if there's anything else you want to do in this time that we would get it. Every, every touch that you want for us, for our lives. I pray that you would move in a way that we could sense your spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you, Jesus, that the scripture says that in Acts 10.38, you went around doing good and healing all those who are under the power of the devil. And so, Jesus, thank you that you're on the move even now continually doing that. Healing. Healing those who are under the power of the devil. So while I'm praying, I just I see this... Uh, I see something that I don't want to see, but I'll just share it. Like you, 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 you're somebody in particular. Like you, you went into to get a reading, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And and this this woman's got these different cards and little pictures on the cards, and and you're kind of gasping for breath, like thinking about what it means. And I and I feel like I hear the father saying, "Get out of there." Get out of there. This is, this is what I hear from the, and it's something very particular. For somebody, you just need to know this, that this is your father looking and saying, out of love and care for you, that's not the place I have for you. That's not where you're going to get your spiritual tank full. 
come on out of there. Get out of there. So thank you, God, that you would speak something like that. What else? Holy Spirit, is there anything else you want to do in this time that we would be able to, uh, to sense your nearness? Anything else, God? We don't want to miss it. While we're gathering together, Jesus, the healer. Jesus, the healer. Jesus, the healer. Okay, so I, I want to I pray for somebody. It's like you've got some condition going on with your skin, and, and it causes you to feel like you want to just scratch your arm off or your leg off. It hurts so much, and it itches so much, whatever it is. And, and I believe God wants to bring a healing to your physical body, to that particular condition. It's just something that I feel like God had brought to my mind just now to pray for. And so um, that's a word of knowledge. That's a New Testament gift that uh, you can expect to see from time to time showing up among believers and so if that's you, if you, while we're all praying together, you would go, that skin situation, that's me. And I need healing. I want you to just raise your hand. Just raise it up. Just keep it up for a moment. Keep it up. Thank you so much for just letting, it, you know, letting me connect with you on this. Several of you, thank you. Keep it up for a moment. And I've got a couple of our, our ministry team that are going to come your way, even right now, and just lay a hand on your shoulder. And I believe even the moment you raised your hand, the faith that it took to even raise your hand has already invited the power of God to be at work. Keep your hand up for a moment. I believe that God wants to touch your body so that you might be healed. Let our ministry team come over to you so that you can experience a touch from God. And, and I don't know if you're going to instantly experience the relief or if it's going to happen tonight or tomorrow when you wake up, but I believe fully that Jesus is on the move to bring a touch of healing where it's needed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for touching some of our bodies in ways that man, we weren't even expecting coming into church for Easter, but here it is. Kingdom of God, come. And God, I pray that anyone else that needs a touch from you would get it, would get it completely. A touch from you, God. A touch from you, God. A touch from you, God. Okay, one, one more thing. So I, I saw somebody, and this is, <laughs> it's like you had a clipboard, and you're sitting with a clipboard, and you've got a checklist, and you've got, uh, all, the, you've got all the boxes checked on the checklist. And, and it's, <laughs> I see the, the father kind of taking the checklist and looking at it, and just putting a big old gold star on it. <laughs> it's like I feel like God wants you to hear, well done. Well done. Well done. But in the next scene, he, he, <laughs> he, he takes the clipboard back and somehow kind of put, puts it away and, and then just takes you by the hand. And then the next thing I know is that you're just dancing, dancing with like the father, dancing. And, and you're, you're kind of shocked and surprised by it. But it, this is just a depiction of, of your heavenly father saying, I want you to be free with me. I want you to be free with me. It's, it's almost like God is saying, don't, don't be as concerned about checking all the boxes. I'd rather just have you dance with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I pray, Father, that there would be a moment of um, spiritual awakening for somebody while we're all praying together. If you are here and you're going, wow, this has got weird all of a sudden. What's going on? Well, we're just em embracing the move of the Holy Spirit 
to bring the kingdom of God goodness. But for somebody, while we're praying, what we really, really you need is you need Jesus. You need Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and save you. And if you're sitting here going, I'm not right with God, and I know it, and I want to be right with God, help me. I want to be right with God. The way you get right with God is by receiving the free gift that comes through Jesus Christ, eternal life through Jesus. And if you've never received the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, this is the moment. You repent of your sin and turn to Jesus and ask him to forgive you and save you. If you're ready to do that, you would say, I want to ask Jesus to forgive me and save me. Right now, would you just raise your hand? Just raise it really high. This is you finally saying, thank you. Anyone else? I don't want to miss you. Right in the back over here, my left. Does anyone else? I just want to make sure I connect with you. Keep your hand really high where I can see it and let it be known. And if you're, if you're online, you just type into the comments, uh, Jesus, I want to give you my life. And then pray with me for a moment. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. I turn from sin. I repent of sin and I turn to you, Jesus. Would you forgive me and save me? Jesus Christ, I believe you're alive and I'm asking you to come into my life and make me new. Thank you for giving me this gift of salvation, eternal life. I receive it now. And I'm yours, Jesus, forevermore. You could just say that. I'm yours, Jesus, forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the shaking and stirring you're doing in some of us. Okay, so you can say amen. And I want you to just recognize this. In, in the moments that we call Easter, what was characteristic of so much of it was a shaking like something happening that was causing people to be thunderstruck, to be totally shocked and surprised. And maybe some of that is what's taking place right now, but God is still, still shaking things up for his people, and you're included in it. Picture it, the shaking ground in that first Easter. Yeah. The stone was rolled away, his Okay, so for some of us, we got some stones that need to be rolled away. And I don't know what your stone might have as a name. If you were to give it a name, what would it be called? Would the stone be addiction? Would the stone be something secret you don't want anybody to know? Would the stone be a wreckage in a relationship that seems impossible for it to ever get fixed? What's the stone? Do you believe that God could do anything about it? Because the Bible I read tells me that he's moved that stone and he's still moving stones to this moment. I want you to feel the shaking and the stirring even in this moment. You can sing it out together. The ground began to shake. Sing it.